You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Don, what's up, bud? What is up, sir? I'm so glad to be back on the Word Bros. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you back on the Word Bros. It's uh it's a wonderful occasion here. Your Kickstarter, uh, Ev- is it Evie or Evie? I'm not good with this Evie. stuff. Evie, Evie and the Helsings is uh, is on Kickstarter right now. Um, you're, I mean, you're doubled the goal, Don. I, 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 I'm just shocked every time I pull up the page, even if it, it only went up like a dollar for a pledge, I'm still just like, I can't believe we're like at two hundred percent. Yeah, and it's just astonishing. It's astonishing. You're in- I'm. You're in rarefied Kickstarter air, my man. I I feel truly blessed. (laughs) It doesn't hurt that, you know, uh, my collaborator, Steve Bryant, has, you know, a very solid foundation of successful Kickstarters and has that reputation behind him for being a solid performing creator uh, on top of being, you know, good. (laughs) But in terms of like Kickstarter numbers, you know, he's, he's always been successful. You know, he's one of the originators of comic people on Kickstarter yeah, back in 2010, you know, that's how I got to know him. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us about you meeting a young doe-eyed Don Carnitas meeting Steve Bryant in 2010. <laughs> how did that go down? Um, well, I, I had just gotten into like listening to podcasts. I was just dipping my toes back into like comics and drawing and stuff like that. And I was listening to the 11 o'clock comics podcast. Okay. Great dudes. Um, and Steve was on there. I had never heard of Steve before. And uh, he was talking about this newfangled thing called Kickstarter. And I'm like, this sounds interesting. And he's like, and I think at the time he likened it to like a, a pledge drive for PBS, but you get stuff like good stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I he explained Well, hey, really to well. be fair, Don, you get stuff for PBS. They do give you handsome totes. True, right, like true, if you pledge true. enough money, you get a handsome tote. The, the the value per dollar is a little bit better on Kickstarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pledge four hundred dollars on PBS. unless you're making potato salad. Yeah, <laughs> not not unless to diminish the fine programming salad. made by the people at PBS. Yes, I love PBS. Really enjoy. Um, and then uh, so I remember hearing about that, and then C two E two that year, either twenty ten or twenty eleven. I don't remember. And uh, I saw he was there. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go say hi to him and uh, introduce myself. And at the time, I don't know how I, I'm perceived now because I have a podcast and I talk to a lot of people and I don't seem to be, from what I'm told, I don't seem to be like sheepish about approaching people about things and stuff like that. I was fucking full of anxiety talking to anybody for anything. And talking to Steve Bryant, who is literally like one of the nicest people in earth much less comics was like the perfect person to talk to for my for one of my first long actual conversations with a comic book creator because i was like just at ease he was really nice and all that and then you know we just kept in contact and you know eventually became buddies and then i want to say about oh, uh, seven years ago um i approached him i'm like hey steve i have this idea for a book and would you want to co-write it with me because I I feel like I'm good at the big ideas and these moments here and there, but the connective tissue at all, like I'm not there yet as a writer, you know, and Steve is there. Steve, you know, he's the total package, so to speak. And he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, we're going to have someone else ink it. And now, what, was it on. Was it one of those like, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, no, like, Steve, I no. want to do it or like, you know, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> um, At that point, Steve and I, you know, we, we'd be considered, I, I consider us friends at that point. Okay, okay. Um, and he was all for it and we were both really excited about it and just, you know, I'd actually penciled the first issue and all that. And it just ended up being something that I guess I wasn't ready to do at the moment or just things just, you know, kind of came up and it just kind of lost a lot of steam. I would try to pick it back up here and there and it just wasn't working. So then I finally like just kind of pulled the plug on it for now. Uh, I'd hope to go back to it one day. Um, but it's definitely like a, a young uh, a young readers type of book okay know, kind of a superhero a superhero uh young mexican superhero type of thing and, and like that um 
that I really want to tell the story, but I just wasn't there yet. And I recognized that. Um, and then, you know, so Steve and I were still in contact. We're still buddies, you know, and two years ago, I want to say I'm sitting in my car waiting for, uh, waiting for my daughter to come out of an appointment. And Steve messages me and he's like, Hey, I got this an idea for this book. I'm like, hit me. And then, cause I was, I was at the right time to where I was like, I don't know what I'm doing next. I'm just working on these short stories for people. You know, I'm trying to figure out what my next move is. And he's like, so, and he sends me this picture and it's the Van Halen logo from like Van Halen two, like the, with the kind of like the stripes off the side and stuff like that, but it says Van Helsing. And, you know, before I even read the description of what he was telling me, I'm like, I'm in, <laughs> you know, this is, this is crazy. And uh, his, his pitch was basically uh, Eddie Van Helsing, a la Eddie Van Halen. Um, and he's, you know, the, the last in line of the Helsings to, to, to fight vampires. And his idea was much more campy. His initial thoughts were more, more camp, more evil dead meets Buffy type of situation. And at that time though, you know, Eddie had, Eddie Van Halen had been, you know, passed away for about six months at that point. Uh-huh. And I'm like, he's like, it might be a bad taste to do, you know, Eddie Van Helsing. I'm like, yeah. I said, and to be honest, I'm not really interested in Eddie Van Helsing. I'm like, what about Edie Van Helsing? And he's like, hey, yeah. And then he credits me. I think he did it. But one of us <laughs> said Evie. Evie Van Helsing. And I loved it because the Evie kind of leads into the EVH, the, the initials for Eddie Van, uh, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. You know, the, the primary inspiration for, for Steve's uh, vision of the book. So he sent me the character descriptions. You know, I had a bunch of like, I can't, I if I'm collaborating with somebody, I can't not give you the ideas I have in my head about things. You can take them or leave them. But that's what collaboration is, though. And if you're not yeah. doing that, then you're not truly collaborating. You know, and so I sent all these ideas. And some of these were like were just like differences from – not differences. Steve is really great at kind of giving you a great foundation to kind of like go nuts on. You know, he's really good at like here's like the core of the thing. Yeah. And giving you, giving me enough rope to either hang myself or to climb a little bit higher <laughs> and make things, uh, make things really cool. And so I would send him back the character designs. Like, I think that day, and actually the, the, the main cover, my cover for issue one, I am 100% positive. I either did it that day or the next day I sent. Him oh, wow. Of it, not the whole cover, but the layout of it. I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm thinking for the cover. And like, it was really, really fast. So then you know, Steve was working on the script. We're kind of working on and off of it for a few months after that. And then towards the end of 2021, uh, I'm like, all right, so let's get rolling on this book. Let's start it. So like the first pages you see, like in the preview, those were drawn, you know, over a year ago. And then in the beginning of 2022, I was approached uh, by my friend and our mutual bud, Kelly Williams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kelly's a good dude. He was working on a book that, well, he was slated to work on a book and it just became like the timing of it didn't, like it got delayed or whatever. And he was too busy to, to, to pick it back up what he was doing. So he was just doing layouts on it. And he asked me like, hey, do you want to do pencils for this, for this horror book? And full disclosure, I was like, well, I want to work with Kelly, you know, working from his layouts. I respect his art choices and his framing, his storytelling immensely. Sure. Why not? You know, you know, Steve and I didn't really have a set plan for when Evie was going to be out and all that. So, and the biggest impetus was for me was I knew my weak spot was drawing women. Like I hadn't had, you know, a ton of female characters in books before or stories I was given. So this book that Kelly was asking me to take over, five main characters are women. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So I'm like, I'm going to throw myself into this frying pan here. And the experience with that book is a whole nother story. I'm still, I'm doing the second issue and it's, it's an experience because I'm working with a horror director turned writer. No, oh, that's um, fun. And, uh, and, you know, Jackie Kong, she's, she's very, she's very nice. She's very, she's very cool. She's got a lot of crazy batshit ideas, which I love, but she's very much a director. Like, so she wants, so the, the art is very directed. <laughs> so okay. it's kind of like that give and take where it's like, I don't have as much autonomy 
with the images as I would with something else. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know, that's the kind of the gig, you know? So some, some gigs are collaborations and some gigs are kind of work for hire. And this is kind of a work for hire. Yeah, it, it is. I have no ownership of it or whatsoever, whatsoever, but, um, but it's given me a chance to kind of stretch my, what I'm doing, what I'm drawing and, and all that. So I'm taking that in account as well. That's important and, to do. I mean, you gotta, don't you, I mean, I feel like being a creative and, and being in this field, you kind of have to push yourself to do things yeah. that you're not comfortable doing, or then you just kind of end up doing the same shit over and over and over again. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm definitely the type of person who learns by, by doing the thing. Like, I'm not a sketchbook person. I've tried to be a sketchbook person. What it, now? To, tell me what a tell me what a sketchbook person is. What do you mean by a sketchbook person? Someone who can fill up sketchbooks full of drawings and practicing things and doing the you know, uh, just like a pages of hands and feet or poses and things like that. Uh-huh. And you know, really put you know, cutting your teeth that way and getting comfortable with things that way. And that just never seemed to pan out for me. Whenever I would try it, okay, and. I'm very much, I have to do the thing. So I have to, I have to make my fail, my failures on a comic book page. I have to, I have to trip and fall flat on my face in comic form in front of everybody, but that's how I do it. That's just, that's, that seems, that seems like a, like a hard way to learn. Now are you talking like published comic book pages, self-published? Cause I mean, then the yeah. work is out there for everybody to see and people are gonna, you know, yeah. judge your work on, on, on some of your failures too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And uh, last time we spoke was like six, five, six years ago for Pax of the Low Country. That was the book I was kickstarting at the time. That's right. I remember that book. I met you and in Fort. Didn't we meet in like Fort Wayne, Indiana, or some weird yeah, Apple shit Seed like Comic-Con. that? We met. We met. Um, we finally met in person. And, and that was that. Appleseed, and, right? It was Appleseed. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. a cool show. Yeah, it was. It was big ups to Zach Crucy. Um <laughs> And uh, did he die? You said that like he died. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) rest in peace, boy. He's in Michigan. He's like a professor. He's doing awesome. He's like a that's awesome professor. Like (laughs) he's he wrote a book, I think. That's cool. That's that's awesome. He's he's doing great. Um, but uh, yeah, Pax Low Country that was very much falling on my face every issue. And um, if if you look at the book, like I'm proud of it. I'm proud of all the work I did into it. I'm proud of the leaps, the the gains I made on that book. I learned uh-huh. how to do. I learned how to make comics in that book. I learned how to letter. I learned how to color. I learned how to put together a book for prepress and and all that and you know everything I learned on that book. But if you look, if you really look at through that book, you see like every issue slash chapter, like my style kind of changes a little bit. Okay, because I wasn't sure. Like I was still doing a lot of learning. And I've I've learned in recent years, and it, it it's uh, a much heavier, bigger thing to get into. But I had some severe mental roadblocks about uh, about how I felt when my art would improve. I felt well, like I had to change it. I, I have to. I have like what do you, I have to ask? Like what do you? How does that work? <laughs> Tell me about this. Um, uh, if you don't want to go I, into I, it, that's cool. But I mean, like, it, it, it's 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 a bit more than I feel like talking about now. But okay. I will, I will, I'll I'll talk the broad strokes of it. Um, basically, uh, at the at 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 that point, throughout most of my life, actually, whenever some whenever I would get good at art and I would feel great about it, uh-huh. uh huh. There was an event that happened in my life that was was tied to the fact that I was interested in art and it felt bad because I was enjoying it. Okay. And I didn't realize that until I started taking care of my mental health a, a couple of years ago. And ever since I did that and I was able to unravel, start unraveling all that, I feel like I've grown 10 times as an artist in the past two years as I did in the past eight or nine years. So, so are you st- are you still going to uh, are you still seeing like a mental health uh, professional? Um yeah yeah I, I that's awesome know, I, I'm I'm not I'm afraid to say I I, I speak to somebody that's uh, awesome and I mean that's good I, yeah that's good. we all kind of need to <laughs> yeah no, totally I I, um, I to sort through things and um it's definitely something I've uh, you know 
I've appreciated being able to do. And it's well, there's there's something so freeing about it. Like you go yeah. to this person who you don't know, who has no vested interest yeah. besides you feeling better. You know what I mean? Like they don't care. They're not taking sides. They don't, they're not seeing it from your mom's point of view and like want, you know, like they yeah, want, yeah, yeah. it's, it's just, it's a blank slate and you can just go there and kind of dump it all out. And, and try to put the pieces together slowly and think about it. Like I love therapy. I went um, about 10 years ago. I was going every week for about two and a half, three years. And I loved it. Like it was, it was great. It was, it was so just, I just really was able to kind of work shit out and kind of come up with plans to continue to work things out, you know, because yeah. it's not all just like a dump. Like you, it's about you, it's about getting the tools exactly to, mm-hmm. to, to work through the, the things you encounter in your life and, and and dealing with you know potential traumas you've faced or are dealing with or any mental uh, other other mental health issues that you may experience like anxiety or depression or anything like that. It's about getting the tools and being able to work them and talk to somebody. Um, and you know I can't say all this without mentioning you know the amazing support of my wife who's like such a champion for me to go take care of myself in that way because I was in a bad way when you know I, I decided to do it and all that and the unexpected byproduct was like oh I see how this is tied to my my comic art you know well so like just just the same thing like art with tools yeah mental health with tools like it's interesting yeah. that that you're making that like tie in to your mental health and your art like I think that that's an important thing that a lot of people forget to realize that like your creativity and your mental health is tied to like everything you do including you know, your yeah, art. yeah, and you know, it, it. I could sit here and like be regretful, like, oh man, I wish I cared this sooner. I'd probably be better or whatever. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked where I am right now. And, yeah, you can't live life that way. You can't go like, oh, why can't? Because, I mean, and part of it is too, because you might not even have been ready for it sooner. Like, no, no, that's the got, main thing. Like, yeah. you're not ready to do these things sometimes, and that's okay. Um, I, and you know, both, you know, put it all. I'm 40 years old. I got two kids. You're 40. Yes, I'm. You look 40. good for your age. Well, this camera is very flattering. And you um, got you look swole too, Don. Like you're big in the shoulders. What are you benching, bro? He's, he's got some. He's got some defined delts, y'all. Yeah. What are you? I, what are you benching, I, Don? I, I, I just moved my bench sets up to two twenty five, so I'm pretty happy about that. Let's see those cannons, bro. Can you show us? You flex no, the guns. I'm not going to flex do the that, cannons, so. bro. Come on, you're wearing a fucking it. tank top. You want to flex? Because I'm the talking guns. to my boy. You're not recording this for the internet. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking to my boys. But I mean, yeah. but the point I'm, is, I'm ready though, for bed. Is I what mean, it is. you're still wearing a tank top. You want to? You want to give us the fucking gun show? Let's see. That, that's not what it is. Whoa! Don, there you go. You happy? He's huge. I'm, 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 I'm. Darn, you look like. You look like one of those old school like freak show muscle bound dudes, like the naturally strong barrel chest. <laughs> I, I, I need I need to tore out the mustache. Yeah, right? yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Just carry and, around carry on the big round dumbbells, and then you need a singlet, and that will <laughs> yeah. be your gimmick for Comic Cons. Yeah, like, you, you can have a singlet and then an actual weight with a large number on it that you just carry around, <laughs> like, like one ru- rubber dumbbells, <laughs> rubber ones made. Of- <laughs> I, I was have to I was, I was have to go around challenging other fit comic book artists. <laughs> um, Capullo, I was, at a, I, was you, I was at a show and I saw who was it? I can't remember who it was, but they were challenging people to arm wrestling matches. It's it Nick, like Patera. Patera. Nick Patera. Nick Patera. Uh, yeah. Was it Patera? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And and I I want to see I want to see Don arm wrestle Dan Panosian, and the loser <laughs> has to draw something. That's that's, that's what it is. Don, you're a big dude. Like how often? <laughs> how often do you work out? Uh, three times a week, I try to go to the gym. That's that's about to, and it's nice because the camera crops off the dad belly, because I definitely still got that. But, yeah, but um, whatever though, if you got the shoulders and the chest, <laughs> I mean, that's you know, like again, like Jim the Anvil Nightheart or something. You know what I mean? Like you got that that good old fashioned build. No, I, I've I've uh you Big know, John I Stud. A, uh, I this. <laughs> past few months i've actually i've been able to finally convince myself to i have to get up early at five and go to the gym to get how do you do that now uh, see i've had this conversation with myself many a days like i need to get up early and do it but then i'm just like fuck that i'm not getting up at five like i'm not that's i can't that's because you're not saying your prayers and taking your vitamins brother so how did you (laughs) get up in the morning don walk me through this conversation because like 
to help me, Don. Help me get up at four thirty and go to the gym every morning. You have, you have to pray to Satan, Bob, and, um, and and sacrifice a goat and drink first, its blood. First and foremost, I was already getting, uh, I was already kind of accustomed to getting up that early because I had to get up that early to get some comic work done. Okay. Because my my comic work is done before everyone's awake and after everyone's asleep. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes I can get some stuff done in the middle of the day. Um, as we're kind of discussing before the show started recording, my when my son naps and my daughter's at school and he'll be going to school soon. So like I'll have a little bit of time to get some more stuff done there. Um, so I was kind of used to getting about five, five thirty anyway. And then I would try to go during the middle of the day because I would get, you know, uh grandpa would come over to watch my son or whatever. And but it it can came became really inconsistent. And I'm like, I need to take care of this because you're not gonna get I, your gains, bro. I, I have a bad. Well, the thing is, I have a bad back, and if I'm not staying steady with the exercise, the back starts flaring up, and it's just okay. a whole bad situation, you know. Um, so I just decided, like, okay, I have to try to get up at five and do this. You know, my wife's like, okay, that's fine. You know, just be back by you know seven or whatever, so she can you know get ready for her her job. And I just kind of started doing. It. The biggest trick is for myself is. You have to drink a lot of water before you go to bed. So when that alarm at five goes, I, you got to get up and pee. Okay, that <laughs> makes sense. Like, then you're like, I'm already up. And sometimes I'll just put on my 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 uh, workout clothes before I go to bed. No. I'm like, I'm already dressed. Well, then just, how you does know? your wife keep her hands off of you, big meaty hunk? How does that work? <laughs> you're already uh, in your a gym A three-year-old clothes? and a six-year-old who seems to know whenever we want to hug, <laughs> even give each other a hug. What's going on? know what's going on. <laughs> What's happening um, in here? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All um, right, so so you say drink a lot of water before you go to bed, and then you'll wake up and you'll have to pee, and then you might as well just go and and put on your gym clothes when you go to bed. That's yeah. an interesting theory because my daughter has to wake up an hour earlier now to go to school because she's going to high school. She's in a school that's seven to twelve, but she's in junior high. Okay, but she's still got to be there at like she's got to get up at like six thirty. But this yeah. lazy bum wears her clothes <laughs> to bed. Like she she gets dressed the in her clothes in her school clothes at night and then wakes is up. Is that it's lazy like, or is that just good planning? I no, think because, that's just smart. That's no, just smart. it's not because at night you sleep and you sweat and like now nah, that's just I'm telling you, Sophie, that's gross. And she's like, Nah, nah, it's cool, it's cool. Like, no, dude, that's <laughs> gross. What well, you yeah, I, you know, for for me, yeah, I I, I can't do that because I'm, you know, the minute it's above like seventy degrees anywhere, I'm just sweating, which is why I'm I, you're enjoying the view now because I'm essentially <laughs> just dressed for bed right now. Yeah, and um, but that's what you wear like, to bed. You wear the yeah. muscle shirt to bed. <laughs> He's actually got matches in his dreams, like wrestling matches that yeah, happen. There you go. So I wear yeah, singlets. Dude. Yeah, I wear wrestling. My old high school wrestling singlets. It's Don <laughs> versus David Arquette. I was gonna ask if any of your shirts have sleeves, like you just wear. Because if I had fucking guns like that, I wouldn't wear sleeves. Bobby would be pointing out directions in the con just to flex. He'd be like, "Oh, what time is it? It's that way." <laughs> oh, I think I saw Ryan Stegman's table over there. Oh yeah, look at there that. you go. <laughs> um, fucking gains. No. No. So if you had to compare your muscle bound abilities to like a superhero, who's who would you be on par with, you think? Nobody. <laughs> I like that. I like Don's answer. Right, like, well then if you what's had wrong to with you? What's I'm a, wrong I'm a, with you? I'm a, I'm a I'm a five seven, five eight on a good day, two hundred and twenty pound dad. Like, so, like so you're I'm not beating Captain of. America in a, in a fighter. <laughs> so so you're, Wolverine. So you're like a Wolverine. There you go. I'm, I'm like D-Man. There you go. I don't know what it is. You're like Puck. Pace Pot Pete. I can Willie Lumpkin. There you go. I mean, I, could I don't do know, Don. Lumpkin. You look swole to me, bro. All right. <laughs> and you go three times a week? Yeah, yeah. I, I try to go three times a week. Um, actually, for the for, for longest time, I was always focused on, like, trying to be as slim as I can be. Uh-huh. This is always a struggle for my genetics or whatever and the fact that it's fucking love food um to to be slimmer or whatever and uh, i have been like you know uh 20 to 30 pounds heavier you know in recent years but um as i've gotten older i'm just like you know 
and I, I said, I seem to build more muscle because I want to retain as much of this muscle as I can as I get yeah. older. Yeah, but also still work on cardio and stuff like that. So you want to you want to be one of those dudes that looks like they can they're on the fucking uh, strongman competitions on ESPN. Like, <laughs> let me carry those fucking full beer kegs. <laughs> well, like Vince McMahon when he came out with the tank top on. That's what he wanted. Pull an airplane with my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I figure when I get to fifty, I'll get into like HGH or something, and then I'll look all fucking weird and plasticky and like. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal, right? Like I'm glad bloated. you got a plan. Like you half bloated, you know. Just you know, I'll, I'll just I'll just experiment with that. You know, Don's gonna be like I'm gonna become the He-Man action figure of myself yeah. in my in my in my twilight years. Yeah, I'll, I'll find a doctor who like yeah shitty doctor who'll give me testosterone or something. Like Skeletor ain't got shit on this. <laughs> you even need a doctor? Can't you just get that total T stuff that Frank Thomas be talking about? <laughs> that he makes everybody feel uncomfortable when he's like, I'm hey, sure, your I'm wife sure will totally like your legit. fucking hard dick too, buddy. Like it's gonna. Be- <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is taking a turn. Frank Thomas, my wife is. What are you doing? She's our sex life is fine. Like, what are you making my kids uncomfortable? Frank Thomas, you want a Hall of Famer? Creep. Well, I appreciate you guys noticing, but yeah, I, 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 I've had a new, uh, uh, a recent focus on strength training. So that's good. So, so yeah, now the um. The, uh, the the gains, so to speak, are are, are a little more apparent visually. Well, it's also also like key to your acting career because I saw the Kickstarter video. You have like a, a bunch of acting scenes happening. Tell us about yeah. that, Don. <laughs> well, it's really just one acting scene. Um, it was great though. Take blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was actually going to be a much longer scene. Like it was much more drawn out. It was, was going to basically be me, like me talking and like looking like I'm sawing something and like hearing squishy sounds and stuff like that. But I couldn't, like I had COVID. <laughs> so I'm like, I still want to do the gag. Um, if no one's seen, uh, seen it uh, on our Kickstarter video, it's a very normal Kickstarter video until the very end. And then all of a sudden, like I'm like holding a, a, a heart with like fake blood all over my, over me. And like uh, whatever the gag is for that, you can, you can watch the video, but I really wanted to do the gag. I had the heart and I had the fake blood. And I'm like, I got to do this. I got to do this. So I sucked it up and just did it. And, you know, uh, it was, it was fun. <laughs> I had to, I, I had to do it like 10 times just to make sure I had it because then I had to clean everything up. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest part of the whole process was like washing, like, like my wife, like waking up at one in the morning and going to the bathroom and seeing me scrubbing fake blood off my face and like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask any questions. Just pack a bag. We gotta go. She, she knew. She knew I was doing it, but she's like, "What?" <laughs> so, so the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter's going on for what? Twenty more days. Um, as of recording, it's twelve more days. Oh, okay. Uh, you guys, post this. I think you're posting it a week from now. I'll probably post it on like Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, February 9th. It ends on February 9th. Okay. Uh, Evie and the Helsings. Um, uh, written by Steve Bryant, drawn by me, colors by Jason Millay, edited by uh, Chris Marin. And it's been, it's been a passion project for ours. Like, like the past couple of years, we've really put a, a ton of ourselves into it. I've, uh, as we were talking, I, I, I feel like I've really grown into my own artist style with this book. Um, as I've, you know, I'm already, you know, based on the response we have, we've already started working on issue two. That's awesome. Layouts. I, That's I'm, awesome. I See, and finished. I think too, and don't take this the wrong way, um, but this feels like your project. Like this feels like something that you would excel at. You know what I mean? Like the first book I ever did was about a bunch of fucking mercenaries, like in the, a post-apocalyptic thing and it just didn't it didn't fit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and like i feel like this really suits you it's a horror tale about like some fucking rock and roll band that kills vampires (laughs) like that feels very much like don to me right um you're you're not wrong at all um it's you know the 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 pitch is Evie Van Helsing is the last of the Van Helsing clan. Uh, when her mother Ursula dies in battle, it's fallen upon her to take up the mantle to, to fight the creatures of the night. But she never wanted to be a vampire hunter. She just wants to be a rock god. Yeah. So it's her dealing with 
her band and, and and trying to make her band work, but also the fact that she is now vampire's enemy number one. That's awesome. Like, I, I just, liked it. I, I liked it because when I saw the Kickstarter video and stuff, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like it's it's perfect for Dawn because it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I love Spinal Tap. I've never watched Buffy. You know, no, no offense to Buffy. I just never. Well, I'm saying it. the like the movie, yeah. the movie. No, no, yeah, but yeah, okay. You've it, never I, seen I, the movie? I I've probably seen the movie because I remember I remember Paul. Come Lincoln's on, Pee Wee Herman's awesome. In his, 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 I've his, never like, death scene I've never seen the show, but I loved the movie. The movie was so fucking good. Um, but yeah, when Steve approached me with it, you know, I'm like, yeah, because you know, Steve's an, you know, uh. He would say like an ex musician, a recovering bassist. That's what he calls it. He's a recovering bassist, and um, you know, I'm a, obviously I love music. I I still play music and write music. Uh, I wrote the music for the Kickstarter video. I've written a song. You know, a, I have demos of a couple songs for Evie and the Hellsings that like from the band. Um, and it's you know it's a different style than what I normally write. It's more of a '80s hard rock metalish kind of sound than the more modern chuggy chuggy stuff that i normally do but it's been fun and yeah steve when steve approached me with it like the the thing i love about working with steve um is that before we even started we were friends and before that or with that we were both each other's champions like we, we would both like you know want the other one to do really well we would support each other wherever we could and with the book it's just you know been that tenfold yeah you know mm-hmm. so you know whatever suggestions i have for steve and steve's very much like me where the 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 not necessarily that the plot is secondary but it is secondary to the characters you know getting the characters right getting their emotional cores right getting the things behind them right and was paramount for me and it's paramount for steve you know after that the plot could be whatever the fuck it is you know, and I love the plot we have. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But that's that doesn't matter without the characters. But I'm just you know? uh, but I think it's just it's something that I think is very it's 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 like a it's like a warm blanket. Yeah. It's something that you're very familiar with personally. Like, I feel like with like Metal Shark Bro, for example, for us, it's very fucking lighthearted and kind of goofy, mm-hmm. but it's still likable and fun. I feel like that is a very much a description of Kevin and myself. Like we are all yeah. of those things. So it just fits. It just works, you know? Mm-hmm. No, 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 totally. And uh, it, it worked. It really helps that Steve and I have a lot, like a lot of the same sensibilities when it comes to what we want from the book, because when Steve originally had it pitched, you know, and he said this, you know, on a podcast not too long ago, it was much more campy. It was much more in the vein of like an evil dead and silly and kind of that. But as we developed the characters, you know, we, we fell in love with the characters in the band and, and even the side characters. And, yeah, you know, I, you know, we've had discussions about doing, hopefully, you know, being successful enough to where we could have, you know, epilogues or one shots where we can like explore some of the side characters and stuff like that and tell their stories. And, that that really endears us to the to the book and all that and because steve and i at, at our hearts we're, we're we're giant saps all right <laughs> we're, we're big fucking saps but we also love when things get like you know we, I, we also love like shit getting nasty and gory and kind of ridiculous <laughs> so we want to kind of combine the two you know i want you know like the, this is a dream project for me because I've, you know, especially with like issue two and, and going forward, there's going to be a ton of blood and violence and, and all that. But I'm also going to try to make you cry in several places. That's cool. <laughs> so, um, but I also want you to like bang your head and be like excited for the book, uh, uh, excited for the characters and their growth and, and and all that. So it's, it is very much up my alley and I've put like, everything I've had into this book in, in terms of, art, you know, art and pushing myself and things like that. And being the, the being a musician, I've always had a, tr- I always had trouble with how guitars and music is p- rendered in comics. Not that I'm going to say, call out anybody for not doing it right because you're doing it according to your style and it's fine. But 
whenever I would draw an instrument or whatever, if it wasn't exactly on model to the instrument, I would be like, this is, this is, this is shit. This is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> or if a character is playing something, it has to make sense, you know, to me, like it has to be an actual chord they're playing, or I can feel like they're, they're fretting a, a note properly or something like that, or doing a bend properly or something. Uh, there's concert scenes in the book here where, you know, people are like tapping their guitars and stuff. And it's, I was shocked, Don, I'll admit this. I, I thought everybody would be having like BC rich, you know, guitar because they're, because <laughs> they're more angular and easier to draw. Yeah. So I figured he would be able to get all these angles in there and have these big BC rich <laughs> guitars, but, but you, but you played it, played it classic. So like, I was like, Oh, like these are like, these are, well, yeah. Evie's got her V, you know, mm-hmm. I thought that was important. I, I just env- always envisioned her with the V. Steve likes to draw her with a Stratocaster style guitar, which is fine too. Um, but like for Ricky, the second guitar player, he's definitely a super strat guy, you know, and, and that's the thing as you develop the character, like, what is this guy? What does he play? Like, what does he do? And that was really fun for me to explore. Like, uh, Jack, the bass player, he's, he's going to play like the standard Fender precision bass type thing. He's not going to go too far out the, out the norm with that. Um, but it wouldn't be really easy to just like, everyone does the pointy shit, you know, and <laughs> And plus it's more metal, like metal, but you know, I, I had gotten so into the weeds with it. I went to so far as, as I made clip studio guitar brushes for myself. And I, I offered mean, it makes them up sense, on sale though. on my site. What's that? You said it makes sense. Yeah. I and, mean, you had to draw a lot of guitars. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very simple. It's just like the front of the guitar. And I also made like fret brushes and good string brushes with the appropriately, you know, gauged down strings from thicker to thinner and stuff like that. And, <laughs> When I draw the band playing together, they're playing in unison, you know, <laughs> so they're all playing the, their part. It's not like someone's up here and someone's playing some weird note down here that wouldn't make any musical sense. I noticed yeah, that's that's for me. That's my selfish part of it for being a nerd about it. Like one or two other people I've shown this to uh, who are musicians were like, I appreciate that. <laughs> but for the most part, that's just me, you know, for someone else, if they're going to do whatever, go for it. I don't I don't care. You know, I that's that's more power to you. You know, there's people like Daniel Warren Johnson who like every time he draws a guitar or something, it's not exactly 100,000% on model, but it's still fucking rocks, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it still looks awesome, you know, but for me, it was like, I can't do it that way. Like, that's just not how it works for me. It's a, it's like your brain won't let you let yeah, you like yeah. have fun with it. It has to be somewhat molded in reality because you've spent so many years learning how to play and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And a part of that came along with my, my, what I felt was my artistic growth as, as, as an artist is realizing like, this is kind of where my style leans and I'm not, well, I'm going to try, you know, to keep pushing myself and, you know, introduce some of these like superhero dynamic type things into my art. That's not necessarily where it lies. That, that's not that's not where my comfort zone lies, and I need to get good at my comfort zone and, and accept that and then move forward and it's it's been working out well for me i think i've been i think i've just finished up the, the inks for the cover for issue two as i mentioned and i feel like it's like one of the best things i've drawn <laughs> that's awesome um, this this will make great uh uh podcast but i can show you guys the inks if you want if you want to see a little sneak peek of those sure sure you you can always um yeah i would love to see that that would be cool let me see uh oh you disabled participant screen sharing sir uh that's just the uh, i know i know normal settings here hang on (laughs) there you go all right which screen uh there we go all right so yeah, I was um that's the cover my cover for issue 2. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um uh, which, you know, there's a there's a there's a fight that takes place in a, a construction site. <laughs> you know, and one one thing that I, I love about Steve is he lets me throw in my easter eggs and my gags and stuff like that and he's all for it. So, um I won't say what it is, but uh, you know, I don't know if you can see where I move my mouse cursor. Yeah. Mhm. You know that was that was that was for me. <laughs> that <laughs> gag right there, it's for me. Not every. I've shown this cover to a few of my buddies uh, today, and no, uh, I don't think anyone's caught the gag. Because then I'm like, yeah, was the gag too stupid? And they're like, oh wait, oh my god, I even noticed that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, so I'm I'm just really pumped about this book, and I I can't you know express enough how uh, how awesome it feels that people are 
excited for it. I really hope that they, when they get the book, they love it and they're, they're going to come back for issue two. We have so much cool, fun stuff planned that it's just. I, I hope that I hope they I hope they feel our our love for the characters with with, with the book. But um, but but that's your thing, and I and I think it's awesome that you found a way to make it work because like you were writing songs for, for comics before it was cool, like <laughs> like like little known fact. But Don wrote a theme song for Metal Shark Bro, and I always say it on Twitter. I was like, go download that from Don, like get it from Don because he's got it, and it's awesome. It's really fun. It is fun. Because he said and, he said to to like us he said to Bob and I well you guys got to have a song for this and we we're like yeah no that takes work or whatever he's yeah, like I was, I was trying to get you to do the vocals for it and you're like I don't know if I have the setup for it and I'm like, I I don't I don't have any mics that could do and, anything and you know Metal Shark Bro like you know one day I was just driving in my car with with the instrumental blasting or whatever trying to figure it out and I just started kind of like jokingly trying to do like a death metal voice or something. And then I'm like, wait, it sounds close enough to something. It turned awesome. The the song turned out yeah, awesome. Yeah, it was good. We both and, loved and, it. So and you know, and it kind of gave me the impetus to start like doing, you know, harsh vocals on some songs and stuff. And I've, you know, done that, you know, several times since and all that to various degrees of success. But it was something new for me, something, you know, different for me to do. And and your book inspired me to do that. Like, you know, I was fucking pumped for Metal Shark, bro. It was Ooh, really baby. fun, you know? That's oh, awesome. Oh, that's very sweet and of you to say. That's, and and that's that that's what I you know, that's what I, I find I really love about comics is that, you know, in my youth, yes, X-Men, all that all that stuff. Perfect. But like these days it's you know, these independent books and what are my friends doing? What what are people I don't know who they are, but they're making this really cool thing and I'm getting a lot of less like inspiration myself that way. And that's, that leans a lot into why I was so eager to jump on Evie. Cause when Steve told me about it and I could, I offered my ideas and Steve was totally on board. Like it felt like this is right. This is for me. Let's do this. You know? And I, cause you know, there's people like, you know, Jared Luan, uh, Mario Candelaria, those guys do, books that they are incredibly passionate about that feel like them you know mm -hmm. no totally and, and you know you know you guys are obviously included in that and it's just like i i i found it with this you know i could you know granted i've done one issue <laughs> you know <laughs> but i feel like i could do ev books for the rest of my life like you, would, you also sound like you guys have plotted a lot more of what what you well, want to do know, so that's always the fun part like the collaboration and the camaraderie the, like oh this worked out really well let's have some yeah. more fun yeah the original you big know. hope was you know three trades worth of books you holy know, that's shit Steve's kind of like wow. that's steve's that's steve's like borderline like with a new concept like he wants to try to get that much out of it because that's a nice big swath of work to have and a big big story to tell because he's got Athena Voltaire. He's been with that character for 20 years now. Yeah. Oh, wow. Know? And he's got tons of amazing stories with that book or with that character. And so while Steve had ideas, things here and there, you know, he, he plotted the first arc and, you know, he, he lets me have my, my little idea. I just texted him an idea for the end of issue two uh, today. And He's like, yeah. And then he sent me back what he, how he could in implement it. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking genius. I would, I just had a real dumb idea to do it. <laughs> and you're like, this is, this is actually really smart. Um, and you know, I when we, we when we were able to like rest and say, like, okay, well, we're fairly comfortably funded. Let's, you know, I sent him my idea for the second story arc, and thankfully he's like, yes, let's do this. So I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. That's awesome, um, man. And there's there's a bit of a, a, a an Easter egg of what the second story arc is going to be in the twelve thousand dollars stretch goal print that everyone's going to get that we passed. Uh, All little, right, there's a little nod to something in there. I, that, I like uh, how you did that. That was that was smart. Good marketing. That, Good marketing. Good. We were talking about stretch goals, and I told Steve like I, I want to make like a new piece of art because as much as I like having the stickers and the prints of the covers and stuff like that, I'm like I feel like I got to do something new, like something yeah. they're not going to see in the book something different and he's like well if you want to do that go for it um and i said okay and then i said the idea of like just do do like a like a some shitty zine that someone's passing around you know 
you know so i did my best to make it look it's like a xeroxed zine you know the the you know typewriter font and 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 you know make it look like the the headlines are you know taped on there something <laughs> that you'd see under a black and... light in the 90s like totally I <laughs> yeah got it. You got if you. i could have yeah if i could have done something like that I, I i totally would have and my initial plan was to actually assemble it like a zine and then go to like uh fedex uh kinkos or something and like just run some copies off of it and then scan it and then that's the print you should probably but, do that for c2e2 then and just hand it out for your next kickstarter scene that would be then, pretty awesome then it looks like very like you know like a uh, street team marketing from like back then you know <laughs> yeah, you know it, exactly what i'm saying you're laughing so yeah i know exactly i know what you're, <laughs> i was on the street teams before in my youth I know what you're <laughs> that's how i got jason newt's autograph <laughs> that's awesome Echo brain for life, bro. Um, so, <laughs> for the youngins, Echo Brain was the band that the ex Metallica bassist Jason Newstead was in after he left Metallica, and they were a great, actually, a great rock band. But yeah, they're like, oh, sign up for our street team, and well, you'll get a personalized letter. And it's kind of just why I did it. They sent me like some shitty video to like try to get people to play at stores and stuff, and like signs to put up but i just got this letter signed by jason newstead i'm like oh, i'm done that, <laughs> that's why the, that's why the band didn't make it don because you, yeah, they, you, fucking you gave up penetration in the north side of chicago like they're expecting and it's just you and your shitty failed. attitude <laughs> the, you crushed their dreams the yeah. street team was like yeah they were like man don, don just like this that's like he he was the one dude on our street team and now we have no I, street I, team. I, I, to- I totally let them down man we, were all we just have we just have street now. There's no team at all. Yeah, that's why. That's why Jason New said it only has tens of millions of dollars as opposed to hundreds. <laughs> um, he's hurting. That guy's hurting. Actually, I, I actually I think I think he's probably the richest member of Metallica because he has. Well, he still does art and stuff too. Yeah. I heard that he does like he actually does paintings or something now. Yeah, like, yeah. He really he do a lot of cool paintings actually. Whenever you see like celebrities, oh, I did an art show or whatever. It's like oh, okay, but like, like some some a couple of these celebrities they actually got some pretty cool stuff, but. Um, I don't know the veracity of this, but I was uh, talking to a guy um, that was like on a, a music discord server. And apparently he knows people who know Newstead and apparently like he's got deep, deep investments and he's like, you know, probably worth more than Metallica themselves. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. Based on, based on what he did uh, and the investments he made and all that. Again, I don't know what the veracity of that is, but you know, I hope so. Good for him. <laughs> right. Uh, but back to Evie and the Helsings. Uh, yeah, we were, we've just been, again, astonished by the response. We're so excited. Uh, the campaign ends on February 9th. Um, we're currently just under our $13,000 stretch goal. Hopefully by the time this post, we'll have passed it. And that's going to be an exclusive um, kind of oral history between me and Steve about the books and details that we haven't told anybody and then we're also going to sit down and we're going to share each to each other who we would cast for Evie and the Helsings if it were to be a TV show or a movie or whatever. Our choices for that. All right. Um, mm. I showed Steve. I, I gave Steve my list, and I'm like, "Oh, tell me yours." He's like, oh, "I'll get to you." And then we haven't gotten to it. I'm like, "You know what? Just save it for the show. I'll, I'll be surprised on who it is." But uh, that'll be fun. And then, um, you know, I'm really hoping we can get to fifteen thousand because that's the stretch goal. I'm really, really pumped to do, and that is. An original Evie and the Helsing song. No, oh, that's cool. Oh, wow. Nice. That is, you know, I had the song mostly written. It's definitely, you know, got that vibe. And I have some options, some really great options to, for people to be the voice of Evie for that song. Because it's not going to be me singing. I mean, no one wants that. But a, a good, <laughs> strong rock female singer is definitely in the cards here. That's cool. So if we can that's hit awesome. 15K. Uh, you know, that's definitely something that I, I want to get out to people because we eventually want to kind of do a three song kind of EP anyway for it. Because why not? You know, I've always like you guys, I, I, I make music for comics. That's what I love to do. Yeah. Um, if I could find a financially viable way to do that <laughs> for other people, I certainly would. But uh, there's no money in comics. <laughs> and not music really anymore either so. no no much less music related like yeah I, and i say this knowing our kickstarter is uh super successfully funded but so much of that's <laughs> going into the product yeah um, yeah and uh, and i'm and i think it's awesome i think what you're doing is awesome i think i'm really we excited need to get you yeah we need to get you to 15k because i want to hear the song now me too yeah it, I'm, I'm really, it's gotta I'm really, happen i'm really pumped for it and steve and i are just 
you know, we're hoping to to get it out. And then Steve's like just been such a an awesome collaborator and friend and just such a great person just to because he's got it together. Like he's got this shit down to a science. Like he we were talking about fulfillment and things like that. And uh unfortunately, while he's also in Illinois and I'm in Illinois, he's like four hours away from me in Illinois. So the plan was initially like, oh, I'll uh come down one day and I'll help fulfill and we'll do all this stuff. And um then we actually mapped out the timing of it all and all that. I'm like, oh, that's that's actually not gonna work. <laughs> Cause I'd be I'd be driving for like eight hours or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. To, to help work for a few hours. Like I'm like, uh, and she's like, it's fine. It's fine. I got students. I got, I got my daughter, you know, they'll help. That's but, cool. Um, That's good. We're, 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 we're trying to, you know, Steve's got this, all these plans to just try to get the book out to people as soon as humanly possible. Uh, especially since we got C2E2. Yeah. At the end of March. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you'll be busy, Bob, <laughs> your own thing happening around then. Uh, uh, if it work. works, we'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully I, I, I hope for you, it funds, um, we'll see. And, and everything happens and it, it, that goes off without a hitch, but yeah, we're hoping to have everything, you know, at least, at least the, the main stuff out because there's All commissions right. and things like that and sketch covers where Steve's inking, uh, me and I'm going to be inking Steve and, you know, we're, we're trading off, which is another great thing to have, uh, Steve with, because he's a fantastic artist in his own right. And yeah. we got killer variant covers by him. Uh, the one cover that see people seem to love the most is our retro cover where we're kind of homaging Tuma Dracula and Blade's first appearance. Yeah. And that's yeah. something where, um, you know, Steve, I penciled it and Steve's like, oh, you know, I'm going to ink it. He's like, do you mind if I try to do like a Tom Palmer style on this? I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I wish I could have Tom Palmer ink my shit. It'll look like Tom Palmer, but Tom Palmer ink my shit. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, you know, my own personal, uh, uh, you know, on my own Mount Rushmore of amazing inkers is Tom Palmer. So I'm saying Tom Palmer a lot. Tom Palmer. <laughs> There's a lot of Tom Palmer happening. Tom yes. Palmer. Tom Palmer. Tom Palmer. Um, but you know, it's 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 a really fun uh, cover that people just seem to just. I think it's our most backed cover too. That's awesome. awesome. That's really you know, cool. It makes Steve and I feel good too because it's the one we worked on together. So yeah, yeah. it's like. Um. And we have plans for additional homage covers for the rest of the issues that are going to be really fun. So uh, it's just great having Steve, who's, you know, a great, again, a great artist, a great person to bounce the visuals off of. And, you know, he pushes me and unbeknownst to me, I've been pushing him with his own stuff when he's, cause he's also drawing the next arc of Athena Voltaire for himself, but he's got that all tied up with this action lab lawsuit. So he can't really do anything with it at the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he said some really nice things. <clears throat> Uh, that I didn't know he was feeling about like, you know, the storytelling and stuff and how that was helping him push his storytelling. And I'm like, Whoa, that's awesome to hear. You know, that's what collaboration is Don. Yeah. And like I said, I, you know, I think it works the best because Steve and I, we champion each other. And I think if you have a collaborator, that's what it needs to be. You need to champion each other. And you guys do that all the time. And we do kind of, uh, when we're not, we're not making fun of each other. We champion. Well, you know, it's all out of love though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just depends on the day. It, it, but you know you, you you push yourselves to to make each other to make each other better but you're also giving each other the support to be comfortable trying to push yourself and that's huge you know i've i've had uh extreme luck with collaborators in recent years with uh writers who are just my kind of here's something fucking crazy <laughs> you know like philip butehorn or dalton deshawn uh, and they write crazy ass shit, and I'm like, yes, let's keep going. Let's this is this is perfect. No notes, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um. Uh, at least not for my end. And whenever I'm like, oh, can I add this beat here, beat there? They're like, yeah, yeah, do that, do that. And it's like, cool. Um, I've had some well, less successful collaborators, but you know, as writers, as writers, that's when we know we're doing something right. When an artist yeah. is like, um, like, hey, I'm gonna draw this extra thing for this or i yeah, want yeah. to like oh like in page you know 27 it, it says five panels i'm thinking i'm gonna draw seven for that is that cool that's how like bob and i know we did something right 
So like, yeah. you know, or something actually... terribly or something terribly <laughs> wrong. Yes, because then they want to draw more to fix our fuck up. So like, but we either did something right or wrong, and um, yeah. and and they're like, yeah, we're I I want to draw more on this or add more to this or do this thing that I like that we weren't planning on doing, but I'm just so I'm feeling drawing this particular thing. Yeah. And that's awesome to us because we can't draw it for shit. So when we see this stuff, it's like Christmas time. Um, it comes in, it comes in the Dropbox and like, Holy shit, that's amazing. You know? Yeah. And that's definitely, that's definitely something that, you know, I feel Steve is, Steve is really good at. And I mentioned this before, like he's really good at setting me up to like do to to do something extra, do something more, and really giving me that, um, not only the space to do that, but the the I guess um, inspiration to do that. Yeah, because there's definitely scenes in the first issue where I've added panels for reactions or things like that, because you know I felt the moment that he wrote deserved to have that linger a little bit or have that pushed a little bit, and while it may seem counterproductive to add panels to a page that makes things go quicker when the artist is excited and into what they're drawing because it comes so much easier to like, instead of trying to like fit it into the box, you know, if I can expand the thought a bit, it just flows out a lot easier and a lot faster. So, you know, the fact that you guys have that experience speaks volumes to, you know, the, the type of relationships and work you do because you know your artists are comfortable working with you and, and pushing things and 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 they're feeling excited and inspired by what you're writing to like oh let me do this let me do this and um you joke that you know you did something wrong but you know something incredibly right is happening because you're not only just getting the artist excited because you wrote a cool story in the making of the thing you're furthering more creation and it's just like this, the 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 great loop you know of comics that uh that i when when it hits and it's and it hit a lot in this book i just love you know and i and i can't and as much as i like i love doing other things like making music or whatever other hobbies i have nothing beats that yeah and nothing beats that's comics why, that's why no matter what happens you know i'm 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 gonna be making comics till i can't <laughs> well there you go and um this is live on Kickstarter till what February 9th? February 9th at 150 uh PM Central Standard Time. Which is an hour <laughs> <laughs> an hour different from Eastern yes. Standard Time. Uh, which is which is which is two fifty Eastern Standard Time yes. and uh eleven fifty uh whatever you west coast people it's call very time. complicated mountain time i don't know <laughs> but yeah, mountain just, time mountain time would be two hours and then go uh, to, yeah go to kickstarter it's evie and the helsings number one it is very good it is very funded and don we're super excited for you but thank you so much for coming on word bros thank you so much for having me now it's your turn to come on my podcast where we can sure, continue talking about each other's bodies when, we, when, well, when and, and drink coffee and drink <laughs> yes. coffee coffee yes. And talk comics and metal. That sounds awesome. Do that. <laughs> I've right, been boys. listening to a lot of metal lately, so we can have talk. you. Oh, what were you listening? What are you good. listening to? You I listening? Just stuff that pops up on YouTube. Just a lot of like doom metal, a lot of stoner metal. Like, uh, have you guys have you guys listened to Electric Callboy yet? I have not. No, Electric Callboy. Okay, okay. if not, okay. I have not. There's a yes. band Let's I found by accident. Let's have this yes. conversation off the pod. Okay. So, yes, yes. Thank you. Hang, but that's your homework. On, you gotta, guys, gotta, gotta go Google Electric Callboy. Start with We Got the Moves. And if that doesn't become like one of your favorite bands or is not like completely up your alley, then I don't know what I could suggest to you. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so much for having me on. It's, it's been a blast as always. Thank you for coming. Man. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, the WordBros.com.